Hello, and welcome to The Bite, Hope Brooklyn's weekly podcast for bite-sized spiritual thoughts to inspire you as you center your life around God's great story. Thanks so much for listening. Today we're talking about the word blessed. For a great introduction on this word as well as the opening of Matthew 5, um, go back to last week and listen to Russell's episode of The Bite. He gives a wonderful introductory um, explanation uh, with some great stuff about the beginning of Matthew 5 and what it means to be blessed. But we're going to continue talking about this word. Um, specifically in the Greek, uh, the word is makarios, which perhaps can be most simply and directly translated as happy. When we hear the word blessed in either a religious or non-religious context today, it, it seems most often that uh, it's being referred to as feeling lucky or fortunate, privileged, spiritually elite, maybe uh, maybe provided for, taken care of, blessed. But there is a part of the cultural understanding behind hashtag blessed that I think gets somewhat close to what Jesus is trying to communicate with what we call the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. That to be blessed is to be presently joyous, full, not perfect, but complete in some sense. Like as Barclay puts it, referenced in Guzik's commentary, Makarios then describes that joy which has its secret within itself. That joy which is serene and untouchable and self-contained. That joy which is completely independent of all the chances and changes of life. There's something about Makarios to be blessed that seems somehow shrouded or strangely mysterious, which is certainly consistent with what Jesus goes on to say in the words and societal and spiritual archetypes he chooses to rest on with this mysterious pronouncement of Makarios. Jesus opens this sermon that we know as the Sermon on the Mount in verse 3 of Matthew 5 with the statement, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. A statement that came with, I'm sure, as much confusion and shock to its first century audience as it does to our modern American one. So let's consider this phrase, poor in spirit. Being poor in spirit is a statement of utter soul lack. A realization that I, we, are fundamentally at our core broken, imperfect, lacking, spiritually impoverished and bankrupt. There's nothing about being poor in spirit that can be self-induced or manufactured. How interesting to start this famous sermon this way. It seems like in true Jesus fashion, he immediately comes out of the gate with a punch to the gut we didn't see coming. Happy and fulfilled are the ones who have and acknowledge that they have nothing. What? Isn't blessed supposed to be in conjunction with a positive affiliation, like I've been blessed with blank, I'm blessed that I have blank? Not according to Jesus, not here. Blessed are those who've got nothing. Or as Charles Spurgeon says, not what I have, but what I have not is the first point of contact between my soul and God. How interesting that this is what Jesus decides to lead with. I'm sure much to the chagrin of his bumbling PR firm we know as the disciples, I'm sure they were thrilled at this. (laughs) But this poverty of spirit, this identifying before the one who holds all things as a beggar, one who brings nothing to the table but ourselves and our brokenness and our scars I don't know, seems to somehow carry the qualifications for the keys to the kingdom. To receive this kind of blessing, the happiness that holds its secret within itself, 
we must become beggars. Our resume is that we have no resume. <laughs> I think about when Stephanie, my wife, and I first moved to New York City a little over two years ago. On more or less of a whim, we each at separate times struggled in a lot of ways and uh, kind of went through what I call a dark night of the soul. We were subletting this dark little apartment in Queens, and between the networking and the schlepping and the seeming inability to find work or make money, I felt for the first time in a while um, completely bankrupt, like I had nothing to offer to the situation and had absolutely no control over what was happening. And coincidentally, that was the first time in a long time I felt really hopelessly dependent on God, like I had nothing to offer, and if I didn't acknowledge that lack and need for him and invite him in, sometimes every moment of the day, I literally could not get through the day. I think that touches a bit on being poor in spirit, and I think back on that time, and while I don't necessarily long for those circumstances again, I do long for that sort of dependence on God and my spirit. Because even though it was hell to go through, I felt closer to God than ever. And maybe the joy that holds the secret within itself is that it's only when we're in those kinds of circumstances and we're that close to God or feel Him and our need for Him that closely. I don't know. Maybe there's something to what C.S. Lewis says about pain being God's megaphone, that God whispers in our pleasures and shouts in our pains. But I do know that God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and he'll use seemingly any means necessary to break through to our hearts and bring us to that place of spiritual poverty if we let him. And that's the moment when we are so dependent on a one who holds the world in our utter smallness and brokenness and spiritual bankruptcy and inability to bring anything to the table other than our busted up selves that Jesus seems to say, yeah, I can work with that. Come on in. Or in the words again of Spurgeon, poor in spirit. The words sound as if they describe the owners of nothing, and yet they describe the inheritors of all things. Happy poverty. <laughs> Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, strip away the layers of our pride and our selfishness and our control-mongering. As odd and scary as it sounds, make us poor in spirit. Bring us to that place and help us to realize that nothing we do can earn your love, your acceptance, or your kingdom. It's a beautiful, ridiculous gift, free of cost, that's given without prerequisites or stipulations or strings attached. For only then, when we're utterly dependent on you as beggars who have nothing, we are blessed. Only then can we inherit your kingdom. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Bite. To find out more about the mission and ministry of Hope Brooklyn and to subscribe to our other podcasts and lots more, visit us online at www.hopebrooklyn.org.